Good morning, church. How's everybody this morning? Hi, for those of you who are visiting, I'm Pastor Fergus, and I, and I pastor this church together with Pastor Ramesh and the leaders in this church. And I'm so glad um, that we are still here, and we are early in the year still. It's still January. It's still January, right? It is still January. And we've been casting vision over the last uh, few weeks of normal service, with the exclusion of our Chinese New Year weekend. Uh, we've been casting vision about how we are going to grow this year and how we are going to contribute and sow this year and today I want to share with you guys about how we are going to go this year the go things right the going uh, uh, um, uh, things that we are going to, to to be part of the vision this year for missions for outreach for evangelism for strengthening the other parts of the body beyond the walls of our church we are vision casting for the whole year new year new things okay and so I before I get into into the sermon proper I just want to I just want to, okay, I'm just going to go read some scriptures and then we're going to explain it to you. We're going to put some Bible underneath the vision and then we're going to go, 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 all right? Um, all right, let's, let, let's just pray. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. Lord Jesus, you're a God uh, who, who commissions your people. And yet, Lord God, you're a God whose heart is for us. And your heart is for those outside of us uh, who are far away. And yet, your heart is also for those of us here. And Lord, in your own way, you are using um, every opportunity to go out, to speak life, to bring your, your, the kingdom of God uh, upon the doorstep of many people beyond us, Lord God. And you're using that as a means to bring a blessing to bring goodness and mercy to bring your favor both to them and to us and so father we thank you that you would do this we thank you and we invite you to be part of this process father we invite you to shape our hearts on this day Lord, I pray, I pray, Lord, that as I share your word, that I will not yield uh, uh, to rhetoric, I will not yield to, to, to um, oratory, whatever skills, I will just yield to you. And I pray that the Holy Spirit will be the one who brings conviction. So I ask, Lord, less of me, more of you, so that you are all that our people see today, including myself. Lord Jesus, may you be beautiful in our eyes. And I pray that as we encounter your word, open our eyes that we may see wonderful things in your law. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Isaiah 49. Now, I don't know how familiar you are with Isaiah 49 verse 6. It's a, it's a verse that I think we should all uh, pay uh, close attention to. Because it goes like this. He says, He being God, says, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I have kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Now, a little bit of context. Isaiah, just a few verses before this, was talking about how God had commissioned him to bring back the tribes of Jacob and to call Israel back. 
And you, are, you need to understand this for further context. Israel at this point was already partially in exile. The northern tribes had already been uh, um, exiled and the diaspora had gone into Assyria already. And in the years to come, the southern tribe of Judah and Benjamin would be exiled to Babylon and from there you see the coming home of Israel to the land that they were given and that dates back all the way uh, to the Pentateuch and you see it happening in Exodus and in Joshua of the returning of the people to the land and you're seeing you're going to see it in the story if you read your Bibles you're going to see it happen after this but we are at a point here where God is saying to Isaiah sure I have given you a mission to care for the people whom I call my people, God's people, the Jacob, the Israel. Same guy, by the way, yeah, dating back to, to, your, to your Genesis, right? And he says, on top of the vision, on top of my call for you to look out for those in your tribe, God says, it is too small a thing. If you look at some of the other translations, some will say it's too insignificant a thing or it is too light a thing. In other words, the other English words to replace the word small are not small words either. In fact, some of the other words might be quite heavy as well. God says it is too low a vision, too low a bar to only worry about the tribes of Jacob, those of Israel. So what is the bar? If, 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 if that is not a big enough, a high enough bar, let's be clear, this is a big call. Yeah? To bring back the diaspora is a big job. And even then, to look after your own people of your own tribe, even then, God says, not good enough. I want you to expand your vision. I want you to gaze further, higher, longer, wider. I'm giving you a big, Call. The big call is, I will make you a light for the Gentiles, that my salvation may go out, it may go out and reach to where? The ends of the earth. And so my friends, as we study our Bibles, as we encounter the Word, one of the Bible study tape, okay? Okay, Bible study tape. A lot hinges on who you identify with. So whenever you read your Bibles, you're going to find yourself reading and seeing different characters, seeing different players in your scriptures. And you're going to naturally position yourself and read yourself into one of those people. And when you read yourself into one of those people, then you're going to read how God interacts with those people as how God interacts with you and how that Bible verse means to you. And then it's going to position the enemies of those people as your enemies and the supporting people for that person as the people who are going to support you. I'll give you an example. If you were to read the story of David and Goliath, who do you position yourself as? It's normal. It's very normal. You will position yourself as David, right? I'm David. I've got this. And, and then Goliath is my giant, um, the giant in my life, right? So I'm David. The giant is Goliath, you know, um, and, and there are all these people cowering behind, being afraid, and, but, but here I am, and I need the stones, and the stones are the weapons that God has put in my hand, you know, and that's normal. You, what you just did is, you just read yourself into the story. Okay, that's normal. Now, there is another way, just to show you, that's not the only way to read David and Goliath, because 
you can read David and Goliath as David is Jesus. And Goliath is sin and death and darkness. And where am I? I'm the fellow cowering in the back, right? And saying that, oh God, I can't, I can't fight this giant. I can't take this one down. I need a hero to come. And Jesus comes and takes a hero down. And you see that how and who you read yourself into in the story makes such a big difference to the essence that you draw out, to the teaching that you draw out, to what you learn from the text. And so, it's going to be a year-long pulpit series. This year, we're going to be in the book of Acts. But I just wanted to help you to see that when we read our Bibles, who we read ourselves into makes a massive difference. Not just to our theology, but to the way we live out that relationship with God. And so, on that note, if you read this, to restore the tribes of Jacob and those of Israel, this is the Jewish nation. And then we are here, right? Because in a literal sense, the Gentiles are the non-Jews. Okay, so we are here. So Isaiah 49.6 is a, a word for the Jewish nation and for the Jewish people. And let's be fair, right? let's be clear. In its original form, it was. Isaiah was not speaking to Gentiles. He was speaking to the Jewish people. Okay? And so if you read it that way, then God is going to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel. But more than that, the call over them is not just to restore themselves. And we know that there are a lot of people doing a lot of work for national Israel today, bringing people back. A lot of attention is being put there. But God is also going to make them a light for us, the Gentiles, if that's how you read it. We are the Gentiles. We are sitting here in Malaysia waiting passively for somebody to come and bring us into the worship of Yahweh, that God's salvation may reach us here in Malaysia at the ends of the earth. If you're reading it that way, if you position yourself here, then that's the outcome you're going to get. How are you going to live your life out when that is your reading of the Bible, I don't know. But I think you have an idea of, if, of how you will live your life if that is how you read your, this text. But my friends, there's another way to read this text. It says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, to restore and to look after the interests of my people. God says, my people. And at that point, God was saying, my people are the tribes of, is the tribe of Judah, it is Israel. And at that time, their interest was to bring them back and to, and, and to bring the diaspora together. And God's saying, at that point, that my interest, and your, your interest is to bring your own people to look after your tribe. And God is saying that to look after your tribe is too small a vision for my people. And I'm going to give my people a bigger, more expansive vision. And their ex that vision is to make my people a light for replaced Gentiles with those who are not my people, not yet my people, alien from my people, cross-cultural from my people, and that my salvation through my people may reach to the ends of the earth. Now, we do this in our Bible reading all the time. All the time. We're figuring out who we are in the story. Even if you're reading it fairly passively, even if you're reading it without 
intentionally positioning yourself, you are already doing it. Church, God's call for us is to, is to have a higher vision than serving the needs and the interests of the Christians within the four walls of this church. God's call and His heart for His people is to, having been served within the walls of the church, to be able to go, to go out, to go beyond the walls of our church, to go beyond our culture, to be, go beyond our, our, our natural first language, our first tongue, our mother tongue, so to speak, right? It's to go beyond that which is familiar to us, our social economic group, to go beyond our cultural group, uh, the people who share the same cultural references. Chinese movies, not my cultural reference generally, right? The art house Chinese movies, that's my cultural reference, you know, so I guess three. And, you know, again, and, uh, and uh, Andros was very kind to me for putting on the Wong Kawai films in there, right? We, but God's call for us is to break beyond our, uh, our cultural familiarities so that His salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. And if I may say, the church has always been a recipient and been a steward of this call. So that today, we are here, gathered in this hall. I look out at all of you, and maybe some 80% are middle-class Chinese English-speaking. And then the remaining 20% uh, uh, may be, you know, international. You came from somewhere else, you know. Um, or, or maybe some of us are, are, are middle-class Chinese, maybe primarily Chinese-speaking. You know, not so much English speaking. Maybe that was your background. Maybe you are very bilingual. You know, uh, I don't. I don't know all the details, and and God alone knows that how the dynamics here is going to shift and move. But God's call for us always is to go beyond. So two weeks ago, you heard me share about sowing the soul things, the serving, the serve God, not church. And I want to continue in this trajectory that in the serving of God, some days He will call you into a role within the walls of the church and then other days He will call you outside. And there is, I want us to know this in this church, just because you are serving, but you're serving God in a capacity beyond the walls of this church does not mean that you're not serving. I don't want us to be the kind of church where only people who are serving are the people who are behind the console serving, you know? That's the only people... No. We, are all, we all have this vocation, this spiritual vocation that runs parallel with the work that we do uh, um, wherever we are, right? Even if, if, whether you're, you work domestically, you know, you're a homemaker, or you're outside in some business, or you, or you work for someone, we all have that. And so this is very important Bible to put underneath a call for us to go out because God is always working in the interplay. Now, I want to show you this picture. Recently, a missionary, uh, um, a missionary friend, uh, an old friend from the SIBKL family, uh, he's spent many years in Tibet. He came back and he spoke with all of us on staff and he shared with us a picture that looked very much like this, a, 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 a fire. He showed us a picture of a fire at night. And he said that the, this is the church. He pointed right into the hot, white center of the fire. He said, this is the church. The church's role is to burn bright, 
burn hot so that it gives light and warmth to everyone who comes near to it and its light can be seen from far away. That's the role of the church. To burn bright, to burn hot, to give warmth and light so that it can be seen and felt from far away. And then he said, missions is right on the edge, that intersecting edge where light touches darkness, where the shadows are. He said, that's missions. He said, this is the front line. That's the frontier. The frontier. The edge beyond which the light of the church intersects with a place where the light of the church has not yet crossed into. And God's call for every one of us is to spend time in Him to know how, not if, but how and which frontier He is bringing us to. Because every single one of us are stewards of a call to go from here to the frontier edges between light and darkness. It doesn't mean you stay there for 10 years like a missionary in Tibet. It means that, however, God will call you out. He sometimes calls you back in. He sometimes does that in a cycle of church in the weekend and your workplace in the weekday. He may sometimes do it in other kinds of rhythms and patterns, but He always calls us out of our comfort zones to go to the edge of where His gospel has gone and then to come back and be restored and then go to the edge again and so on. And so my friends, I want you to think about the frontiers that you naturally have an exposure to. Before I show you stories about mission, stories about outreach, I want you to think about the, your own frontiers and where you have a frontier, you are God's front line. You are God's front line entering into that space. And I don't know every single one of your frontiers. You know for yourself. I spent a few, two years being involved in the PIBG of, of our children's school, right? And for those two years, that was, in some ways, my frontier. And, and, and you got to understand, when you're a pastor in a church, your, your social circles become very Christian, right? Becomes very Christian. You're front-facing with Christians all the time. Your friends uh, uh, start becoming uh, um, the, the people from your church, you know? And that was a breath of so much fresh air for me, right? And so I loved uh, uh, most of those two years of being in PIBG, you know, which was my frontlining what is your frontlining and where is your edge, your frontier? I want you to think about it. Before I even go on, I want you to mull on it. Consider it because God can and probably will challenge you into greater effectiveness and working toward a harvest in that frontier. But I'm just going to put a pause on that and I want to share with you guys a few stories. I've got, we've, we, when we hit 25 years as a church, church SIBKL, right? Uh, we did this book, if I can get Thalia to pass this book to me. It's called Our Story, His Story and we've got a few copies of this um, at the Ask Me counter around the back for you to browse after the service. It tells the story of our church, right? Um, and, and so, uh, it, here you're seeing a 
the, the, the pages that tell the story of our missionary beginnings, right? Our missionary beginnings um, where missionaries came from Australia, uh, uh, literally had to slash through uh, um, the, the malaria-infested jungles, you know, um, and boat up and down crocodile-infested rivers to get to the first Murod Kampongs where slowly, surely, difficultly, but by God's grace, God's work started to take hold, you know, and over the years, you know, war interrupted uh, 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 their mission work, but it didn't stop them. Some of the missionaries had to leave before the war. Some of them perished in the, the, in the Japanese prison camps. You can go read some of those stories on the book later. And after the war, the mission work continued and the local church in Sarawak was born and at the same time in British North Borneo right uh, the work was being done by other missionaries as well and that came to be Sar Sabah you know and 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 over time BEM in Sarawak SIB in Sabah you know uh, came to be and it was in the 1970s in 1973 God preserved a remnant who were faithful because in between the war years and the, and the 70s there were ups and downs many of the missionaries had to leave the, uh, uh, Sabah and, and Sarawak in the 1960s especially in Sabah there was a, there was a time when all of them were kicked out uh, li quite literally overnight and the local church had to find their feet now in Sarawak in those days now some of you may know these stories more than me okay so I say I, I share them with a lot of humility in Sarawak, in 73, God sent a revival in the Kalabit Mountain uh, uh, town of Barrio, right? Um, how many of you guys know, later this year, okay, there's going to be a Barrio Revival uh, uh, rally, right? I know some of, many of them from our main church will be going for that as well. I'll share with you guys what we're doing for missions this year, right? Um, and, and that, and in the 1980s in Bakalalan, another mountain town, um, God sowed the seed of, of people reaching each other, people going to their own frontiers. And for them, their frontiers was doing mission streets, walking by foot, group of girls walking into Kalimantan. You know, for them, missions was walking, walking to their friend's house, walking from kampong to kampong to kampong, bringing the light of the gospel to each other. And at this point, I want to help you understand the power and the importance of the local church doing evangelism to the people they are adjacent to. Now, you and I might sometimes think of mission work as being extremely heroic, extremely, in some weird Christian way, glamorous, okay? Um, and we might think that, it's not glamorous, okay? It's actually very, very unglamorous work. But sometimes we hold missionaries up to this really kind of like heroic kind of status and say that, wow, because they gave up so much and they're prepared to die, wow, they're kind of like this weird kind of celebrity, you know, in Christendom. But I want you to understand that when missionaries go into cross cultural situations, it is always extremely difficult. It is always extremely difficult to bridge the culture, to go across, to learn a language, to understand the culture, to make the leap over. But when there is a local church that is strong, the evangelism that can happen on the ground from kampong to kampong, from local to local, from Chinese to Chinese, so to speak, will always be extremely powerful and without being presumptuous, I hope I'm not being presumptuous, extremely effective. 
right? And so in those days, that was happening. And over time, this is a story, you will see a page of the story of how um, God raised up two doctors to end up in Sabah, right? Through circumstances that were so strange, right? They ended up in Sabah. They were Pastor Chu and Pastor Lee Chu, and they spent years hidden away and God was telling them in those days uh, what God continues to say to some of us today, that I will hide you like a quiver, like an arrow in a quiver. And in those days, no one will see you. In those days, you will not be prominent. You will not be well-known. But in those days, I will prepare you. In those days, I will, I, I, I will, I will work on you and you will learn to yield to me. You will learn to be soft in your spirit. You will learn to seek me and to be hungry for me above all things. Church, even right now, some of you are in seasons. You can take your eyes off the screen for a moment. Some of you are in seasons where you are not occupying a place, a position, a role of high prominence. Some of you may be in seasons where you are going unnoticed or you feel that your life has stalled, or you feel that you are not important, I want to remind you that God does much work under the ground when the seed is planted. When no one sees, there is no shoot. You don't know if the seeds have broken and taken root. You don't know what is happening. All you know is that God has planted the seed into the ground and it has it has gone in and you are hidden and you are in a season where you're seeing a other seeds being planted and you're wondering god what about me your seed is being in the ground and you're in a season where you're seeing other people sh taking shoot bearing fruit there's flowers it's looking great it's looking exciting you know and you're thinking god what about me god says you are in the ground and I'm keeping you there because I'm growing you. I'm going to cause you to grow. I want you to grow strong. I don't want you to shoot up fast. And if you have a church background, you understand uh, uh, um, um, the layers of meaning there. I don't want you to spring up too quickly and not take root. I want you to take root, to grow. And if you found yourself in a season of hiddenness, I want you to take heart. God is doing something in your life. And God is and God can work in the place of hiddenness to prepare you for the next season of having shot up and shot out to be visible. But some of us are in seasons of being visible and that's another story. And those days, our senior pastors were in a place of hiddenness and God used them and grew them and molded them and sent them to KL so that there is representation of church for East Malaysians who are living in our midst here, you know, in, in Semenanjong, called SIB Church, right? Here in Semenanjong. And that's how there is a Sidang Injil Borneo, Kuala Lumpur. Otherwise, you'll be thinking, what is Sidang Injil Borneo doing in Kuala Lumpur? Why is there Borneo in Kuala Lumpur, right? Those stories are in the book. Now, I want to share with you guys this. In, 2000, in 2002, I came to this church, right? Um, I came to this church. It wasn't here in Sungai Buloh. We were in the main church. And in those days, going on a missions trip was like, it, was, it felt like a rite of passage uh, for being in SIB, right? It felt like it felt like you had you you could do the 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 membership class. You could finish all those classes, but you were never kind of like 
you never really knew the heart of SIBKL Church and SIB Church until you actually go on a missions trip and you meet the people uh, um, from where your church was birthed. And so we used to go to, to trips to Raup and Gerantot and Pekan here in Semenanjung and then in 2000 and yeah, we've got pictures. So these are, these are from the uh, mid-2000s, right? Um, and then we started a Sabah project in 2008. Okay, and, and it was a very concerted, very organized and, and, ex and long vision to see God work in Sabah through the church there and He taught us through that whole, through that whole season what it means for us to be if we find ourselves to be well-resourced. Why are you well-resourced? God asked us in SIBKL. Why have I brought people to you who have great talents, some who have great wealth, some who have great connections, some who have fantastic ability, some who are, some who are multilingual? Why? Why, God, why did you bring all these people into our midst? God says, I'm going to use all this because I've seen that you are, that you are generous. I've seen that you think of yourself like a, like, like a... Pastor Ramesh always uses this illustration. We're like pipes, you know. We're like pipes. Join, 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 right? And we, and we, we, don't, have, we, we, we don't have this thing where we want to contain a lot of ourselves, but we are pipes and we are through. And God can pour at one end, it will come out from the other end. And we don't hold things back for ourselves. And that's the picture that I want to share with you of the generations of SIB people who came before us. Saw themselves as pipes from the throne room of God to the end users at the, at the first places. And because God says, I see you are like that, tak ada sumbat mana-mana, okay? You're not blocking anything. God says, I can pour into you. And because of that, He has been pouring. People have been receiving through the Sabah project and through many other projects. And so, today, uh, I, I think some of you remember, okay, uh, last year, I shared with you guys uh, one week after Malaysia Day about what's happening okay, in the, in the Kalmarin and what's coming. Okay? That's not on YouTube okay, because it's a little sensitive. I didn't put it up on YouTube. But in the Kalmarin, in the yesteryears, what we did was that... I want to share with you about our, uh, about our hostels in Tande and our tadikas, right? Okay, so this is what happened in our Kalmarin okay, in our yesteryears. We started hostels in Tande, and, in, and later in Tambulion. Now, why hostels? We started these hostels because our, our, our students, Christian students, were either living too far from their schools or because of that, they had to come and stay in the hostels that were government hostels and there they would be converted uh, um, out of our faith. Okay, so we saw that as a problem. By the way, in my first missions trip to Sabah, I met this girl who had just finished Form 5. And that girl... Okay, she was leading us from kampung to kampung. It was a three-hour walk. And she would walk ahead. You know, she's very fast. Huh? She's, very, she's wearing slippers, okay? And here we are. We're all gear, a hiking gear, all right? And we're like, yeah! And we're so much slower than her, okay? She's like... Then she'll stand and wait and watch for us, but super nice to us, okay? And then, um, uh, and then after a while, we found out that this girl takes this walk every school day. Because her school is at the end of it. And by the way, it took us three hours, right? It takes her two hours. 
okay? So she's way faster than us because she takes it every day. She's super fit, okay? Um, and, and some years, okay, so she has to leave at five to get to school at seven, okay? And when she's late, the teachers will make her jamo in the padang, okay? Poor thing, right? Poor thing, right? And some years, when her brother and her little brother and her are in the same session, okay, she has to carry the brother. So she's got her back, she's got her brother, and the brother has his back, and she carries the brother for some, if not much, of those two hours, okay? And I don't know if she has to start earlier, or I don't know if she jamo padang after that, but can you imagine life like that? Right? And then for us, do I go to school? 6.50. 6.50 we wake up, right, Isabel? 6.50 we wake up, you know. 6.50 I wake up. 6.30 she wakes up, right? Or 6 she wakes up, right? And then 7.01 we drive out of the house, you know. And then she's dropped off by 7.15. I'm back in the house before 7.30, right? And we don't realise how easy life is for us here in the city. Okay? And so we started these hostels so that our students in the kampongs can live nearer to their schools. And so over time, Tandit 1 is the boys' hostel, Tandit 2 is the girls' hostel. You know? And so uh, um, we've, seen, we've, seen, we've seen the results. Because in the hostels, they don't just, uh, it's not just a living place. We give them extra tuition classes. Um, uh, their nutrition is very well looked after. You know? uh, um, and so we get great results from SPM, uh, uh, from our Tande and Tambulion students. You know? And so today, um, uh, when you, if you were to go uh, to, to, to our Tande hostels, you will see the youth there really just like our youth in some ways. And in other ways, you know, they have journeys and they have lives and they have backgrounds and they have stories that can be quite different from our young people. And so this year, I shared with you more last year and I'm sharing with you again, right? This year, we are making a missions trip, okay, to Tandate Hostel, okay? We're doing a trip to Tandate. Now, it's not glamorous. I don't want you to think that, oh, we're going there to be the saviour of the world. You know what? 99% of the people who come back from Mission Street will say, I learned more from them. Okay? I learned more from the experience. I learned more from the kampong. I was more blessed than I blessed them. Okay? And then, I don't know what they will say. I hope, they, I, I, I hope that they are blessed in some ways uh, uh, by our contribution. But I want you to know this. Through going out, God shapes us. God lifts our hearts. He grows our vision. And He... he, he What's the right word? He causes us to be knit together into a larger, wider body so that we can... So he, that's how he deals with our maybe I speak for myself, okay? Snobbery, okay? Like, oh, KL City, KL Fellas, oh, got the right theology, got the right this, got the right that, got the right everything, right? And that's how he deals with at least my snobbery, right? And he says, Fergus, lay that down. Fergus, be woven into the larger church. Fergus, be woven into your neighbor's church, right? Fergus, learn to love someone who's not like you. Cross the culture, you know. And so, this year, we're going to Tandik, okay? The dates are 14th to 16th July. It'll be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. On that weekend, I'm not around, okay? I'm not around, you know. Someone else will be preaching, you know, but you'll be hearing stories real time and pictures real time from us from the Tandik trip, right? Looking for 12 packs. 
Okay? Looking for 12 packs because there are 35 boys in Tandit 1, 35 girls in Tandit 2. So together, if we have 12, we can have FASI groups, facilitation groups of 6 students to one facilitator. I think that works out if we have more than 12. God be praised, right? Now, I also... Itchy fingers. I went to Asia yesterday and I checked how much, how much the not the plus 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 Okay, this is the baseline rate lah. Okay, um, as of last night, it was 155 to go, 155 to come back. Okay, but just know with all these things, the algorithm remembers if you keep going back, and this thing will keep going up, man. So go in when you want to buy. Okay, go in when you want to buy. Okay, now what will the Tandit trip look and feel like? I don't know yet, but likely it won't differ much from this. On Friday morning, we'll arrive in KK, okay, in BKI, okay, we'll arrive in KK, and then we'll travel by some kind of land transport to Tandet, okay, and then we'll visit the hostels, okay. I'm sure that that our friends there. I was just speaking this whole week uh, with the with with the guy, the director of the hostel. Uh, his name is Pastor Hong, okay, and and Pastor Hong was just uh, 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 just telling me about the, the about the students, about the place there, and so. They will very likely give us a tour of the hostels so we can see the place. And then dinner, nighttime opening session. The whole Saturday will be sessions. Afternoon, probably we'll do like some sessions that are lighter and more fun, you know, activity type things. Nighttime, usually we do ministry, we do session, ministry, prayer, you know. Uh, don't be presumptuous about what God will do at the altar calls, you know, at night. But from the what I've experienced before, wow, God. I've seen God come and move so powerfully, not just in them, in us, in all of us together, right? Sunday, often, and like this, they've told us this, we take over the Sunday service at their local church. Okay, so we come in, we may do worship, you know, in place of their worship. Uh, someone will preach, it will likely be me, you know, and then once that's done, we'll go back to KK, then we'll go back, come back to KL. It will be a little tiring on Monday you may want to take leave on the Monday as well, okay? Um, but I think you'll be grown from it. I don't just want to say blessed, because blessed sometimes it's just kind of like, it's just very instant, like, ah, oh, it's blessed, you know? I think you'll be grown by it. I think you'll be shaped by it. I think God will, will, will be able to mould you into something slightly different from what you are today, and through that, He can use you and He can turn your heart closer toward His through this. I want you to seriously consider going on the Tandet trip. And if you are considering it, you can scan this QR code and fill in a little form just to say, I'm considering doing this. Okay? So when you go to this form, tiny.cc slash sbgo, right? Uh, you, you just tell us what you're, what you're keen to do, okay? Or if I, if I, I want to encourage you, just grab this and leave it on your phone, idle. Okay, and pray. I don't want you to, 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 to do this in a very carnal way, like, oh, yeah, no, you know, and then suddenly realize, oh, cannot, got big event at work, that kind of thing, right? Um, I want you to pray through it, okay? Now, that's, that's the hostels in Tande. I want to share with you about the Tadika teacher support. Now, in the Kalmarin, what we did was we saw that a lot of our youngest children were going to the government kindergartens. And we started to hear stories of our youngest children, our Tadika age students, coming home and they would be reciting the prayers of our neighbours at the dining table before they eat. And obviously, our parents in Sabah are thinking, what's going on? 
right? We're a Christian family. Why are you reciting the prayers of our neighbours? And they would find out that, this, that their, their students are being taught these things in the Tariqa. And so we decided, hey, you know what? A bit like what happened with the, with, with, with the hostels, we are going to have our own Tariqas, right? So over time, we've raised up 150. I think to, right now, there are 150 over Tariqas, but there are actually only 85, something around 80-something teachers. There's about 80-something teachers and, and more tadikas than there are teachers, meaning that some, uh, some of the tadikas are being supported by volunteer teachers who are coming in and so on, right? Um, this, these are recent pictures of some of our kindergartens in Sabah. Okay? We have we're starting to support kindergartens in Sarawak as well, but I didn't manage to get photos from that. Right? Now, I want to share with you something. These teachers, okay, um, they are, again, in some ways, just like you and I, but some of the challenges that they face are also very different. Okay? Now, over last year, end of last year, there were floodings happening, and so one of the one of one of the kindergartens were totally flooded. In all their things was gone, you know, um, uh, their 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 worksheets, their coloring sheets, their 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 stationery. A lot of these things was gone, right? Um, this is another an, another tadika in Nabawan. Um, that was in Kawang Baru. Um, that got flooded in, and then we got to clean it out. Tadika closed for one week. All these kind of things, right? And so these teachers are probably mostly girls in their in come up from coming up from, from from their late teens in their twenties, you know, and they they are some most of them are from that local kampong. Okay. Um, I want to share with you some good news. Okay. Uh, these are three of our Tadika teachers who have just uh, um, gotten their diploma in in early education, okay? And so, I'm really happy. I'm really happy to see this. And when I see pictures like this, they really feel not so different from us. But they go back home to conditions and environments that are actually quite foreign to us. Because they go back home, for example, to a tadika that has recently been flooded out, right? Okay, maybe our maybe our tadikas also flood out here in KL. I'm not sure, right? Um, but this is Puan Rumba, and Puan Rumba is one of two, recently three people who are going round all the hundred over tadikas and going round to all the eighty over teachers to support them. You know, and 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 the teachers, these girls, they can be very isolated. They can feel very lonely. They can feel. Pan Rumba tells me that some of, many of them uh, um, uh, have online stores. They have to. They, they they need a second income, right? Because their tadika work is about a part time job, right? It's about a part time job. And so one of the things that they 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 Pan Rumba tells me is that um, they could do with some friends across the sea. Okay? Some people who will support them, be their friends, encourage them because they can feel very isolated being locked away in some small kampong. Some of them are not like local there. Some of them are being sent because this is their jobs. Okay? So I want to give a call. Two calls in terms of the tadikas. One is okay, to support the tadika okay, um, and partner. When you partner, you partner with the teacher and through the teacher, the tadika and the local church. Okay? If you are in a cell group, I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider this. To partner with, all you need is one tadika. And there's so many of you in the cell group, right? There's like 
10 of you in the cell group, okay? And to partner with them and be friends with the Tadika teacher, drop her a text, encourage her, get to know her, be their friend. And over time, you'll not just be a friend to that teacher, you'll get to know what's happening in her, in her school, in her Tadika, you'll get to know what's happening in the church and possibly down the road to make a trip, uh, your own missions trip to that kampong to meet the teacher you've been supporting and then to be friends with them and then to be part of their local church for one weekend or something like that, that's possibility, okay? That's one of the things Puan Rumba said we might be able to do, okay? So, this is a call. If you're in a cell group, you want to think of that, that's possibility. Now, they are starting a new tadika in Kampung Mendulung in Sipitang. Okay, and, and uh, Puan Rumba tells me about some all the things that they need, okay? And... There's about 3,000 ringgit worth of teaching aid, probably blackboards, tables, uh, um, art supplies, all these kind of things, right? So um, she was telling me if we could get that, it would be a real help. So this is my call to you, okay? Tadika, if you want to relate with the people, this is something you can do if you are able to support uh, with the Tadika and, and by, the, by the birthing, right? This is a startup project of this new Tadika. You can as well, okay? How do you commit to it? Same. Scan this. Go to tiny.cc slash sbgo, okay? And tell us that you want to be involved and we will connect you with the, with the, into that project. Okay, now, uh, these are the two, okay, the Tadika and the hostels, okay, in Tandek. Now, uh, there's a few more. There's actually, I'm, I'm, I'm almost done with, with, with the vision casting, but there's just two small ones that I want to share. We are here in Disara Central, so these are the missions things that we're doing. There are outreach things for us to do here at Sungai, in Sungai Bulo at Disara Central. This, my friends, is a Google map bird's eye view of where we are at. This is Kampung Baru, Sungai Bulo, right? And we are here, Disara Central, at this wing, at this corner, okay, right here. Normally for lunch, we drive around the back, we go around Jalan Welfare, okay, and, and Nasi Ayam is here, <laughs> right? All right, if you've got Deli Mat is here, okay, Deli Mat is here, Jeff Lee Kitchen is here, um, uh, Dim Sum is here, right, RHB is there, you know, and it was last night, I was just looking again at all this, and I was like, oh, I never knew that there was a like Jalan Public, a Jalan Victory deep inside here, Jalan Forest, next to the place that has been now deforested, you know, um, and, and, and so on and so forth. Now, my friends, we are here, mostly Xiangjiao-ren here, okay? I speak for myself, okay? I speak for myself, but actually I know our leadership team, a lot of them confess to me uh, they are also Xiangjiao-ren, okay? Um, we are here, okay? And we want to grow out and have an influence and be impactful where we are at, okay? Oh, whoa, right? Nasi ayam, right? right? But my friends... My friends, your, your Xiang Jiao De Musi can only do so much, okay? I can only do so much as long as my Chinese level is here, okay? I can greet, I can... I can I, they setakat know that I am somewhat Chinese, but actually I can't do anything very meaningful if I'm, from, if I'm talking with someone who is primarily Mandarin speaking, even much less Cantonese speaking. Teochew Hokkien once in a while got a little bit. Ama, Ama, hi. 
Bobo. <laughs> okay, I, she, she's my outlet for speaking Hokkien these days. I rarely get the chance to anyone. Now, my friends, if a predominantly English-speaking church is going to be here, it means God has a call. God has a call for us to also learn how to be cross-cultural and God is challenging all of us. Okay? Now, I tell you what's my story. My part is, God is challenging me to brush out on my Mandarin. And I've been telling some of my team for, from pre-pandemic, I told Suzanne already, I got to start learning. Can you please teach me, right? Um, and then pandemic happened and I got lazy and I never got down to doing it. I know I don't have a choice. That's my contribution to being cross-cultural, right? If we're going to do this, one of the things we're going to need is we're going to need to raise up people who can already minister in Chinese. We are looking, and I'm calling for people who can either minister in Chinese or, have, or be able to minister bilingually. Because I see the necessity for a Chinese fellowship or a bilingual fellowship which may eventually lead to a Chinese cell or a bilingual cell here in our church. I see the need. It's coming. Never mind the fact that so many of our 13 to 17-year-olds, actually not 13 to 17, now, from of your 7 to 12-year-olds are in Chinese schools these days, not in Kebangsaan schools. Elliot's year, Tahun Dua, in his class, in his school, there's only two Chinese kids. Izzy's year has something like five or six or something like that, right? Okay. There aren't a lot of Chinese kids left in, in Kebangsaan schools. They're all in Chinese schools, which means that the YA of the next five, ten years are all going to be Chinese Mandarin speaking. At least Mandarin proficient. They may still revert to English, but they're all going to be Mandarin proficient. And, 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 and that is going to be a shift we as a church in Sungai Buloh must be aware of, right? Outreach into Kampung Baru is something that is important. So if you have a heart or if you have the linguistic ability to cross that boundary easily, that's my call. You want to serve in this area, you want to open, be open to doing outreach in Kampung Baru, you want to be open to a fellowship, let us know how. Same. Go to tiny.cc slash sbgo, scan this thing, tell us. There's a checkbox. There's a checkbox for Tande, there's a checkbox for Tadika, there's a checkbox for Chinese ministry. Okay, let us know. But pray first. Don't fly in two-footed. Pray first. Okay, I'd rather you prayerfully consider this and check one box than fly in two-footed and check three boxes. Okay, and then in the end cannot deliver on them all because it wasn't God's call, right? I would rather we be sober and realistic and count the costs and then send. Okay, one very short last thing. If you happen to be in Singapore, if you happen to be in Singapore, in our Sungai Buloh Church, this church, we are family in Singapore. We are family in Singapore. Okay, um, okay. The tiny CC might not work. Okay, tiny CC might not work. Scan. Okay, scan. And if you if you if you scan here cannot work, go to the Ask Me counter after the service. Okay, and then someone will help you with it. But if you happen to be in Singapore um, for work, or if you are posted there for a period of time. Or if you are semi-migrating there and you don't know how long you're posting, maybe two years, three years, you're not sure, we have family there. 
Please don't be a stranger in Singapore. Please don't go and be alone in Singapore. But we have family there who will come around you. Our family there meet. They're going to meet more and more regularly in the weeks and months to come. So I want to encourage you this now. One more. If you have friends who have gone to Singapore but are still no church, no cell, no Christian community, been wandering around Singapore like, as I always say, a lost pixel in Singapore, just like lost somewhere in that world, let them know we have a family in Singapore. And maybe we can connect with them and be friends and family, neighbours together there. Okay? Now, I'm done with this part. I just really want to share with you one last piece of scripture. And then we're done. Isaiah 51. Give attention to me, my peoples, and give ear to me. So when God says this, it's important, you know, He's just bidding us. He wants our thoughts, He wants our eyes, He wants our ears to be all wrapped in attention, listening to what He has to say next. When God says, pay attention, I don't know about you, I want to pay attention. Give attention to me, my nation, for a law will go out from me. So God's law goes out from him, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near. My salvation has gone out. So his law goes out. His salvation goes out. It is the same thing. They go together. When his word, when he says law here, it doesn't just mean the Ten Commandments, right? He's saying that when my ways go out, when my word goes out, when my commands go out, so does my salvation go. Where my word goes, their salvation follows. And then he says this, my righteousness draws near. Over this Chinese New Year, I'm sure many of you went to Pai Nian from house to house to house. And in my Chinese New Year sermon, which was a pre-recorded, it's a short thing on YouTube, I shared with you guys about Jesus sending out the 72. And when he sends the 72, he tells them to go and bring, speak blessing over the place they visit and to take them as they are, eat whatever you are served, and to be attentive wherever you go. And that's my call. My final call to every one of you is that you are the carriers of the kingdom of God. And when, the, when Jesus says the kingdom of God is upon them, it's because you were upon them. You bring the kingdom of God to their doorstep. The frontier, that front line where light meets darkness, that is every single one of us. That's this. My righteousness draws near to who? To them. To them. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes, Sungai Buloh Church, to the heavens and look at the earth beneath. In other words, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Right? Whatever we see here, we want to see this mirroring here. Amen? That's, for, that's why he says, lift up your eyes to the heavens, look at the earth. For the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth wears out like a garment, they who dwell in it will die in like manner, but my salvation lasts forever. Now church, I'm going to close, we can take this off the slide. You know church, and I have the worship team up. I was telling you all about the importance of the local church. In a lot of the things we're doing, we are going there not to be the guy who shares the gospel to people who are not yet Christians. In a lot of these things, some of them, yes. Here in Kampung Baru, probably. 
But for the Sabah ones, a lot of times we're going to go there and be a support to the local church. And the evangelism happens on the ground there. And on the Sunday service, many people will be there. Some of them may not be Christian. Some of them may be nominal. But God says, my word, my law goes out and righteousness on their side draws near. And so my friends, God's call is for every single one of us to be goal people. Now how you do that going may be more far-reaching than what I can offer you on this screen. But He calls for you to be a goal person. And so even in whatever I asked you and bid you to think about and consider at the start of this service, where is your frontier? Where is, you, where is the place to which you are a frontliner? Consider it. That that may well be God's call for you. To be effective. Because God says, Look, is the harvest not ripe? Are the fields not golden? But we need workers. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to send, raise up and send in workers. Today, that's my prayer. That the God of harvest will raise up from every single one of you here. Every single one raised up. I'm not even going to say 10%. I'm not even going to say 5%. Every single one of us here raised up to go into our respective places of frontier and to be God's hands, feet, kingdom coming near so that God's righteousness indeed will draw near to them and His law will go out. Amen. Father, we thank You, Lord God. Father, today, Lord, we pray that You will teach us how how to move forward, how to love you in the mission field, how to love you in reaching out to someone like us or not like us. Help us to overcome those barriers. Help us to overcome our fears. Help us to overcome our awkwardness. Help us to overcome our limits, sometimes placed by others on us, sometimes that we place on ourselves. Father, we thank you, Lord God. And I just pray your blessing and your goodness and mercy to be upon all of us. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord turn His face toward you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn His countenance to face you and give you shalom. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Amen.